Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. Tonight it's Wednesday the 9th of August and we're still waiting for our number six to come in. But we'll, we'll look forward to the season and say how optimistic or pessimistic the lads are. Tonight I'm your host Les Lawson as normal and I'm joined by my partners in crime Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton and our special guest tonight is Jay Riley. You all know Jay. He's a legend on Twitter, so I'm sure he'll he'll entertain you for the next hour with his with his wisdom on on the Reds. So preseason is now officially over. Although Jurgen said after the after the game the other night that although the season starts on Saturday, preseason doesn't really finish until the you know the, the international break. So I'll start with you, Pete. How how optimistic have you been with what you've seen during preseason, and is there any Liverpool player who has unexpectedly stood out for you and has been a surprise for you? I mean, I'm always optimistic at the start of every season. It's just one of them. I'm always glass, glass half full rather than glass half empty. And Mamie Ladd went up to Preston the other night to, you know, to get to catch the game. And there were some great passages of play. Little, It was almost like ticky-sacker stuff at times in the midfield. But what was a little bit worrying is the way that we were opened up once Robbo and, and especially Trent coming into that inverted role. Um, if we lose possession, I think that's how we lost our goal. We only had Canate and, and Van Dijk and the ball was played behind them. Um, I thought I thought McAllister had a decent game. He, he sort of filled in the number six, if you want. He played that role. And Gakpo had a good game in midfield. I think there was some really, you know, good performances there. I mean, the goal from... Luis Diaz was just sublime, to be honest. We were right in line with it. We were on the side that the corner was taken and the flick that he did. Um, I mean, overall, I mean, I know they had the, there was a few a few mistakes, if you want to call them that, where we conceded four goals earlier on in, against um, the German side. But I thought we played quite well. I think it, it, it has been worrying, and we'll touch on the we'll touch on the. Uh, transfer window later on. I know we will, but um, me and my lad came out of that game and we, we were, you know, not pleasantly surprised, but we were pleased with what we saw that night. As I say, some of the inter- interplay in the midfield especially uh, was very good and, and Jota looked good as well. And I think they're all just, you know, it, it's just what we're going to pick. I think I think he picked McAllister in that number six role the other night because I think that's where he'll start against Chelsea come Sunday. But all in all, it was quite pleasing to watch. And as I say, I'm always optimistic anyway, first game, you know. Jay, go on, give us your words of wisdom, mate. Well, look, you know, it's obvious, isn't it? We're struggling, aren't we, in the midfield area? Um, You know, let's get get this straight. I think the club were a little bit shocked, weren't they, by the offers from Saudi Arabia for Henderson and Fabinho. Um, They weren't prepared for it. It's as simple as that. You know, at the start of the summer, we got McAllister, we got Sobersly as well, and you know, they're more advanced midfield players. Now, look, McAllister's obviously probably going to play in the six, isn't he, on Sunday against Chelsea. Um, obviously, he's a fantastic footballer, so of course he'll be able to play that role. But it's certainly not ideal because it's not a specialised position, is it? Um, you know, I thought he'd done OK the other night on, against the German side. Um, but it's a different kettle of fish going to Stamford Bridge isn't in the Premier League so it's going to be interesting to see how he copes 
But I think um, Curtis Jones will come into the side as well on Sunday. Now, a lot of people probably don't really fancy Jones to play the game, but I think he'll come into the side because what you've got to think about is he's so used to playing in a club setup, isn't he, in midfield? The back end of last season, I thought he'd come on leaps and bounds. Now, I, I wasn't his biggest fan, to be honest, last season, but to be fair to the, the last couple of months of the season last year, I thought he was very good. He, he stepped up, didn't he? So for me, I think he's got to start. So although Gakpo done quite well on Monday night, I can't, can't see him playing in midfield. I think he'll probably go as the centre forwards. And to me, the interesting part is who plays on the left wing. We all know Salah's going to start on the right. So it's whoever plays on the left for me. Um, you know, whether it's going to be Jota for his work ethic or it's going to be Diaz, because we all know Diaz is a quality player. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But in terms of the pre-season, what's gone on, Liverpool are going to score loads of goals this season. There's no doubt about it. The five we've got to choose from are all very good. We've got creative players in the middle of the park. The two signs that we've made, very good, as we've touched on. Um, but it's, it's how open we are. So it might be a case of, like, we need three or four goals to win a game. Now, you know, that's not really what you want, is it? You know, when you look back to it, when Liverpool won the league, we won the Champions League, the foundations were great. We were solid defensively. Kept a lot of clean sheets. And when you look at this team based on last season, not just the coming season, but last season as well, because she did far too many goals. There was a lot of issues. We were too open, far easy to, you know, to cut through. Now, Liverpool need to improve upon that. And if you look at this summer, we haven't really signed any defensive players that are going to plug that gap for me. Um, it's well documented we want Lavier, of course. I think we will get that done. But the reality of it is he's a 19-year-old lad. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you can't expect too much too soon from him for me. Like, I think he's a project, isn't he? So I'd like to see someone more experienced there. And when you lose Henderson's experience, you lose Fabinho's experience on top of Milner going as well. We've lost a lot there, haven't we, in terms of, like, experience in the middle of the park. Not all over the pitch, but in the middle of the park, more so. Um, so it's definitely a dilemma for Klopp and... You know, as I say, I'm a little bit concerned, I must admit. You know, obviously Liverpool are going to score a hell of a lot of goals this season. There's no doubt about it. But it's keeping out the, keeping them out the other end. That worries me. Tom, going on from what Jay said there, he, you oh. know, he made, some, he made some really valid points there. But I think I think sometimes, and yeah, I do think we have been a bit open in, in pre-season at times. But I think if you look at that, that game against the... If you look at some of the goals we've conceded, in the first game, there was a worldie from the edge of the box that that would have been conceded anyway. And then the second goal, I think they got in again behind Costas as he got dragged out. And then in the second game where we drew 4-4, when the, the, what we call the first team was on the pitch, they didn't, they didn't put a glove on us. It was only when um, you know the, he made the changes and Adrian tried to pass it to young McConnell with three players around him, that the wheel started to come off in the second half and then we played a quality side in Bayern and yet we conceded, you know, as, uh, as Jay said the other night, you know, a silly goal, you know, because we are a bit too open. Does that concern you? And does the, you know, the, the role that Trent's playing, is that affecting the way the whole team is playing and, and, and Robbo as well? And was that, Another way, another question I want to ask you: 
and you know the lads can discuss this as well. Was that a necessity last year because of the lack of legs in midfield with the likes of Fabinho and Henderson? So that Trent was moved in there in a way to help Fabinho's lack of legs. And should should he revert back now to a normal fullback role? Do you think, Tom? It's a straight. There's a lot of questions there, Les. There's a lot of points been raised. Yeah, I think personally, I think. I said to you last night on a, on a tweet, didn't I? I said that I think you're going to have to make a decision whether Trent drops back or he, he goes into midfield. I think it's the inverted role now is like there's always going to be a gap. And if Canate is not in, he gets dragged down, so he's going to be exposed. With the high line that we play as well, it leaves a space behind. And I, I think. We're going to have to make a decision. We either say we're going to play with three at the back, and we're going to go with with Trent further forward, and we'll push up and make ourselves more compact and put two in front, and make ourselves more more compact that way. Or I think we're going to have to we're going to have to stick with Trent at full back until we find some somebody. The lads have made some great points. I think. I think they're wide open. I think, yeah, I see the points that you made and I think I agree with you. I thought Adrian's pass to, to young, young McConnell was, 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 was outrageous. Put the kid under pressure in the middle of the box. Yeah, that, that went on. But it's before that as well. There's, every time the ball went around, the people went through us and... And I, I think we've got to address that, haven't we? We've got to, if we're going to keep playing that high line, we've got to have some form of some form of insurance in players that can turn back and cover. Um, o- overall, I, I think we, like Jay said earlier, I think we'll score loads of goals. I don't see goals being a problem. I think Diaz will start ahead of Jota. I'll be, I'll be surprised if, if, if he leaves Diaz out. To be honest. I think Gakko, like like the lads said, I think he'll go to the nine, and I think Mo will start. I think where I, I slightly disagree, I don't think McAllister will play in the six role on, on Sunday. I think he'll stick with Kurt. I think he'll play Curtis in the six because he done really well in the Euros playing in the six. Looks comfortable in the six. It's just he's, the only thing is, is he's a little bit inexperienced, but. With McAllister not too far away from him, I think he'd be all right playing in that six. But again, I, I'm hoping that somebody's brought in. You know, if Lafayette comes in, then I, I realise that he is a prospect, an outstanding prospect. But we're going to have to be patient with him while he comes in and he, he grounds in. Or even Les Pachetic, you know, if Bacetic comes in and plays that role, but we don't want him to be overplayed because last year he got a stress fracture by being overplayed. So you um, I don't know with someone one of my lads said to me the other day, Thiago could be the answer in the six. You know, he's he's a footballer, although he hasn't got the he hasn't got the legs, he's got the brain. Do you know what I mean? And with with a younger player alongside him, I think. You know, who knows? I think, but I think we're going after it. We need signings. I think that's what we are going to talk about the signings later. Jay, do you, what what do you think about the uh, the Trent role? Do you think, especially say starting on Sunday, we should go back to 
the way we were, a, a back four and you know, a, mid, a midfield three with, with maybe Gakpo dropping in to help. And then, you know, Salah and you know, uh, Diaz or whoever up front. Or do you think we should carry on with the with centres, the inverted fullback? I, I mean, watching the game the other night, I didn't think, and I know it was only a pre-season game, but I didn't think Trent, from watching on the TV anyway, I didn't feel Trent had any influence on the game from that midfield area. And I just, again, as I said to Tom, are we losing his, his distribution from the right? And then is that also affecting us not getting the best out of Robbo? You know what? I think it's very difficult with Trent because I think the back end of last season, something needed to change with the system. And his form was quite poor for large parts of the season. And when he went into the inverted role, he seemed to like get a bit of a lift and Liverpool's performance levels kicked on. But you've got to look at like the calibre of opposition that we were playing. We didn't have that many difficult games towards the end of the season, really, in my opinion. And I always think about when you look at a footballer, is he enjoying playing football? And when you watch them play for England in midfield, he seemed to love it, absolutely love it. And I know the calibre of opposition wasn't great what England faced, but he seemed to revel in that role. Now, I think it's, it's a bit of a problem for Klopp, to be honest, because I think if you look at the pre-season games, I, I do personally think, like, other, other managers, and I know, albeit, like, the, the opposition were played, they've only played one really top team in Bayern Munich, but I do think it's common knowledge other managers seem to be getting onto the role of Klopp that, that Trent is playing now because of what Klopp's trying to get him to do. Now, you either keep him as a right-back or you play him in midfield, and to me, it's a difficult one because it's quite clear that Klopp doesn't really see him as a proper out-and-out midfield player. He still sees him as a right-back. And you're quite right in what you're saying there. Do we lose sort of like the width that he gives to us and the delivery that he gives from wide areas? But then I look to the England stuff where he seems so happy playing in midfield. Do you want to put him in midfield and then you've got a happier tent? Now, at the start of pre-season, he played him in the sixth role. I don't really think it's suited him too much. So I think you're looking at Trent Alexander-Arnold now and nobody knows what his best position is. So it's definitely a bit of an issue for Klopp. And I'm not really sure what the, the right way is to go moving forward with him. I just think he's going to carry on playing the four at the back and play him as right back and inverted. But I'm just not sure it really suits us. And it's going to be massively interesting to see what happens on Sunday against Chelsea because, you know, pre-season games, you can't read too much into them. It's all about, like, fitness levels. But what you can get out of it is how the shape and the system of what the team, how we're going to play. And this is what I'm saying. It's like we've conceded about 11 goals in five games. And, you know, normally you'd say, well, it doesn't really matter too much. But the reality is Liverpool haven't got a hold midfield player that's going to plug them gaps in midfield and sort of like protect the back line. So we were far too open. I know some of the goals that we conceded were wonder goals. But, you know, let's be honest, the amount of opportunities that Bayern Munich had, they could have put seven past us. It would have been absolutely embarrassing, even though it was a friendly game. But with Trent, I just, I, I'm, I'm really stuck to be honest. I really don't know what's the best way forward with him because when he was playing right back last season, he was so isolated and got like tore apart a few times in, in many games, to be honest. And I thought he suited the inverted role, but I think it's been found out a little bit. So I'd be inclined to put him in midfield. But where do you play him? Because to me, he's probably best suited as a right centre mid. Do you know what I mean? Because he can't play the, the, the sixth role for me. Like I just don't think he's good enough for it. 
So if you put him in the right point to middle, Liverpool have got loads of options there, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? Like we've got Sobers line, you can play there, obviously. Um, we've got Harvey Elliott, you can play there as well. So you you're thinking about Trent playing there. I mean, I think it's a massive dilemma for Klopp, and I'm really not sure what way he's going to go with it. What do you think, Pete? Do you think? And I know we discussed this on the pod last season, and I'm not sort of you know it's a clean slate for all the players now, as far as I'm concerned. You know, what happened last season has happened. You know, I think a lot of the problems, in my opinion, have gone. The lack of legs in midfield was a ma- major problem for me. But Harvey Elliott learning the position on the right-hand side of the midfield three, do you think that had an effect on Trent's form early part of the season? Um, because, again, you know, Harvey's not used to playing there. And Trent was always used to having a Ginny there, James Milner sometimes, Hendo. And I just wonder whether that affected his form, at, you know, in, in the early part of last season and his confidence drained. And then he went in to play this inverted role and his form, you know, built up. He got his confidence up. But as Jay said there, it's a dilemma, isn't it? What do we do? Because teams are now finding the space on either the right or the left-hand side because... Robbo, for me, doesn't know whether to, to stick or twist at times. And then if Trent is also dragged out, then we're playing with a back two. So what, what, what would you do? What do you think should should happen? I think, I, I'm not too sure. Like Jay said, it's going to be a big headache for Jürgen Klopp how he, how he does this. I mean, his tried and tested is 4-3-3. That's what he loves to play. But I'm wondering... If if we play horses for courses, there's going to be games at our place where they may play with one attacker up front, and we can probably revert to this the back four, but with with um, with Trent sort of doing his wandering role. I I don't know. I mean, we've discussed it a few times on the pod, you know, about going three at the back, maybe bringing Massey in with the with with Canarze and Van Dijk, or maybe bringing Joe Gomez in. Because, like you say, it was evident the other night the way the um, the you know Darmstadt scored. It was just like two defenders left, and, and he cut through as like you know a knife through butter. Um, I I mean, if it's a headache for us to try and decide who's going to play, what you know, what's Jurgen Klopp thinking? And it's quite ironic, really, that we're crying out saying we need more midfielders. But like Jake just said, then he rattled three or four names off who could probably fill. A role on, against Chelsea who are pit players now. You know, the likes of Curtis Jones coming in, the likes of Harvey Elliott. I don't think Harvey Elliott gives you the defensive in, in, insurance that somebody like maybe Curtis Jones might. Um, but, you know, I'm just thinking it could well be a horses for courses. I mean, I, I don't know how Chelsea's pre season's gone, to be honest. I'm not sure if they're firing on all cylinders or not. Um, and I'd hate to see us go ultra-defensive. But I think sometimes three at the back with two wing-backs could be an answer to our problems. Because like you say, once we get exposed, we're literally just two men at the back. And teams are starting to suss us out a bit now. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting on Sunday to see how we start. I, I, I'd probably side with Jay. I would start with the back four with Trent doing what he does anyway. But I don't know. I can see us getting... Not ripped to shreds, but we'll certainly have problems against us on Sunday if 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 Trent calls upfield and as you say, if Robbo supplements the left side as well, suddenly we lose possession and 
all of a sudden you haven't got a cover in midfielder there, you haven't got a number six, or, or certainly not a tried and tested one. So these, these first few league games are going to really open our eyes as to which way it's going to go. We might hopefully get one or two more players in, but it's going to be, you know, we might have them. Um, Stefan might be fit again, Thiago might be fit again in a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden you think, well, we've got quite a few midfielders now, so how, how does he play it? But this Sunday is going to be a bit of an eye-opener. Like Jay said, we could score four, but we could concede five at the same time. You know, it's just one of them, isn't it? Yeah. So, Tom, what what have you made of the um, the two new lads, Jordan, pre-season, McAllister and Sabosliai? And also, have you been impressed with Ben Doak? Oh, very much so, Les. Yeah, I think Ben Doak's been outstanding. I think he, he everyone, he's one, he's definitely one for the future, isn't he? He's the outstanding pro, pro, prospect. I think, I think, supposedly, I, as I said to you the other day, is an immense footballer. You can see he's he's got everything to his game. He's got strength. He's got pace. He's got power. He's got he's got he's got everything. But I think he'll need a little bit of time at Liverpool. I think. To adjust to the, ta- the tactics that Jurgen Klopp plays and the way Jurgen Klopp will, will want him to play, I don't think he's going to come in and hit the ground running. McAllister is top draw, his quality, and wherever he plays, he, you, you'll get the best out of him. He, he, he's top quality. You don't see him being a problem. But um, I think out of out of the three, I think I think you'll see don't get more games this season. Than he did. I think he'll he'll be impacts up along the way, and I think he'll probably be they'll be looking to bring him in a few games for next season because I believe he'll be playing in the next two years without a doubt. He'll replace Salah. For my for my sort of two penneth worth on the trend situation, I just think we need to pick our games as to when we play him in the inverted role rather than it be set in stone. I think against the better teams who are, who are more likely to be able to exploit you out wide, I think he needs to stay as a traditional right-back as best he can. Because, um, I mean, I always go back to the to the game against Tottenham as well, where we were strolling a 3-0 up, and they sort of, at half-time, just, just sort of exploited that side of the pitch. And we were getting exposed all the time, and yet everything, everything ended good when you know, Jota got the winner. But let's not forget, we were strolling in that game and 3-0 up and the wheels nearly come up. So I actually think that on Sunday, we should tell Trent he's playing as a traditional right-back. And as I say, if he plays in front of him, would be interesting. I mean, supposedly I'll run all day so that he could be the ideal one, but he's not used to the system. I wouldn't play Harvey Elliott there because... In away games, especially, he's been left wanting defensively. But having said that, I've been saying to Tom over the last couple of days that, you know, I do think the penny seems to have dropped a little bit in the little cameos I've seen him in pre-season, where he does seem to be doing a little bit more defensively than I thought he would or that he had been doing in the past. Um, so maybe, maybe as the season goes on, that side of his game, will improve. But I I agree that I think Jay said before, I agree that Curtis Jones, if he's if he's if he's got over that knock that he had 
Um, you know, they kept stopped him from starting in midweek, and he did come on for twenty minutes. I think he will definitely start um, on Sunday against Chelsea. But what the rest, you know, and McAllister will also start through the third midfielder. Will be, I don't really know, but a shout could be. You know, I think Tommy touched on it. You know, could Joe Gomez start as a traditional right back and play, say Trent alongside somebody else as a double six, and then play, make three behind, three in front, and then. You know, just one up top. It will be interesting because Klopp did say something after the game on, on on Monday when he said something like, "You know, we've we, we, I've got to, we've got to prepare a team to play Chelsea, but it won't be like that for the rest of the season, so to speak." So yeah. it was, it was though like maybe, don't take too much notice of what team or formation we play against Chelsea because that might be just a one-off to get us over that first hurdle. Before um, you know, the season sort of starts to get into full swing, and other players start coming back to fitness, and hopefully, more players come in, you know, in the transfer window. So it will be interesting. I mean, I think you've all touched on it. Going forward, I've been really impressed. You know, all the strikers have been, you know, looked. I've looked really sharp. They've all got amongst the goals, and that will give them confidence going into the season. I know talking to you, Jay, on, on Twitter from time to time, you've still got your doubts about Darwin, haven't you? Have, 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 are them doubts still there of, of what you've seen in pre-season? Have they sort of eased them a little bit or what you, what you feeling now? Um, I mean, look, you know, I want him to come good, I really do, because we've got a great attitude, hasn't he? He's, um, you know, obviously the crowd seems to love him and what have you, but just don't think he's, he's really what Liverpool sort of like the way we've played the last couple of seasons, last couple of years under Klopp. He doesn't really suit the way we play for me. Um, you know, people go on about pre-season, he's looked a little bit more composed, but then he played Bayern Munich and he missed two absolute sitters. So, you know, you can't read too much into it. You know, you look at last season, pre-season, he scored four goals in one game in Leipzig. So, pre-season means nothing. It's when it comes to the crunch, when it's the proper games for football and for me, I just think he misses far too many sitters, too easy, many easy chances. And people say, like, give him time. And, of course, everyone wants to give him time, as I said before. I want him to come good, I really do. But when you pay a lot of money for a player, we paid £64 million, rising to £21 million with add-ons. I think he's already triggered about £10 million of that. We paid a lot of money for him. So when you pay that type of money, I know it's not his fault. You'd expect a little bit more for your money. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. And... You know, the vital games, crucial goals, you know, he's missed a lot of chances where people are saying now, McAllister and Sobzalai will, will create more opportunity for him. That wasn't the issue last season. He had loads of chances. We created loads of opportunities for him. He just missed half of them. Do you know what I mean? Um, but look, I don't think he's first choice. I really don't. I think Gakpo's far better all-around footballer than him. And if you look at Firmino, if you want to replicate a footballer to Firmino, then you can't go too far wrong with Gakpo because he's got all the characteristics needed that Firmino had. So Nunes is a different type of centre-forward. If anything, I, I like a Nunes more to like a Rigi, if anything, because he's like a tall, wide forward. You know, obviously he's centre-forward, but he can play on the left, can't he, the way a Rigi used to, cutting in. Um, and it's mad to think he pays a lot of money for him. And and he's like a replica for a Rigi for me, and Gakpo's more the Firmino. 
So look, you know, I don't mean to come across as like disliking Nunes. That's far from it because ultimately I really do like him because he's exciting to watch. But I don't think he even he knows what he's gonna do next. Do you know what I mean? When he goes clean through one goal, you don't fancy him, do you? You think, oh, he's got no composure, so you think he's gonna miss. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not confident when he goes clean through one goal because, as I say, I'm scarred too much from last season the amount of opportunities that he missed. And I really do want him to come good, but at this moment in time, in my opinion, and of all the five forwards we've got, not including Joe, obviously he's an up-and-coming young kid, and you know, I agree with what Tom said before, in a couple of years' time, he could be Salah's, you know, the, the man to, to take over from Salah. But at the moment, he's probably not going to play many games, is he? He's probably going to play in the Europa League, maybe in the League Cup and what have you. But if you look at the five main forwards that the have got, for me, Dunez is fifth choice. There's no doubt about it. Forget that he got the number nine jersey. That doesn't matter to me. In my opinion, he's still he's fifth choice. And I think it's a little bit of an issue. He's got a massive season coming up. He needs to improve for me to, to, to show that he's good enough, really. Do you know what I mean? To be a regular starter for Liverpool. Um, but of course, we'll get behind him and he will get this season to prove it. People are going on about the Benfica situation where his first season there, he wasn't great. And then in the second season, he scored 36 goals. Liverpool signed him on the back of that. But for me, I think he's got a lot of improvement to do. And and at this moment in time, he, he's, he's fifth choice for me. Yeah, that that's, as I say, everything you said there is fair comments, especially his one-on-ones. He seems to be, he seems to be a better finisher when he doesn't have time to think. Yet when he's going, he reminds me a little bit, when he's through one-on-one, I tell you, he reminds me of a little bit Gabriel Cissé. Because when Cissé used to go through one-on-one, he just used to blast the ball at the keeper. It's it as hard as you can, but it used to go straight. And I think Nunes is a little bit like that. So I'd like him to to a bit more cute with his finishing, like try and chip the keeper. Some of the goals he scored last season, you know, fantastic finishes when he didn't have to think about it. But as you say, I totally agree with you, Jay. You know, the, when he's going through one-on-one, you're never confident that he's going to score. Uh, in fact, you're probably more shocked if he does. So let's hope that the um, you know that the pennies drop with him, the work they've been doing with him, you know, off the pitch, you know, in training, on his finishing, you know, pays dividends because you know, you know, no matter whether you, whether you think a player's been disappointed or whether you don't the season before, the season coming, similar with me with the likes of Harvey Elliott. You know, I want Harvey to prove me wrong and Tommy to be texting me after every game saying, well, I told you about Harvey, didn't I? You were really harsh on him. And perhaps I was, but I, could, I can only comment on what I was saying. And maybe it was a bit harsh because of his age. But we start again on Sunday and it's a, it's a fresh sort of sheep for everybody. So, Pete, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on him now. Lavia, where are you on this? sort of um, saga, if you want to call it. Um, it's very unlike Liverpool to, to be doing the business in public. So I don't really believe that the information getting leaked to the press is coming from the Liverpool end. Do you think they should go, just go out and, as some people say on Twitter, just pay the money and get it done? Or can you see where Liverpool are coming from in terms of you know, trying to negotiate the fee? I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to negotiate the fee. I mean, you look, you look at the Harry Kane situation with Bayern Munich. How many bids have they put in? 
and it's to and fro. And I do, I do think it's been leaked from the Southampton end with all this turning, you know, turning down bids. Liverpool must have a must have a fee in their head that they like a ceiling they'll go to. Um, it just depends. Are they going to get to the stage where they might just pull the plug and say, right, we've got other options. We might go back in for Taram. You know, we might go for this lad who's, who's playing for Fluminense, uh, Fluminense in, in Brazil, but they've got to do the next round of the Copper, Copper Americas. Now, whether, whether that will also raise the price for him, I don't know. It, it depends. I mean, if Jürgen Klopp thinks this kid's going to be the answer, I'll be, I'll be honest, hand on heart. I haven't seen him play that often, but from what I've heard, he's a fantastic player. He, he's got a great engine on him. He, he links to the play, he gets a foot in. If, he, if Jürgen Klopp thinks he's the answer, I think we should go all out and do it. And I think the silences, the long silences that come out between each supposed bit, I do think eventually Lavia will become a Liverpool player. It's just when it's going to happen. Um, I mean, I prefer it to happen sooner rather than later. But don't forget, we've still got about, what, three weeks left of the window. But you want them embedded in soon as you can. You, you don't want to be buying, getting someone on the last day of the transfer window, you know, and we, did, we certainly don't want another situation where we end up getting an Arthur Mello on the last day because we haven't got who we wanted in the first place. Um, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that are going to go into the equation. Southampton are playing hardball, but then they've gone and sold Livramento to Newcastle for, you know, for a, a fee that's probably below his value. Whether they're just doing it to wind us up because we've had dealings with them in the past, I don't know. But I do think it's getting leaked from the Southampton and all these so-called turning down of the um, of the bids that we're putting in. Um, I don't know. As I say, Jurgen Klopp, he, he knows in his own mind who he wants. But there might there might become a time where they get to a certain amount, and if they re, if they reject that, they'll just walk away from it. Liverpool, they, they won't know what to say, you know. Tom, what do you think, mate? I'll, I'll go to that in a minute. I want to defend Nunes first, Les. I just first, I think Nunes is a far better finisher than than he, he proved in his first in his first season. I thought against Bayern Munich. To be fair to him, he missed two chances. The other was was unlucky. The keeper the keeper threw an arm out and it hit him. He done everything right. He put it away from the keeper. He put it he put it down. That was just one of them things. Jota missed missed a chance against two chances against Bayern Munich also, but they, they all missed chances. But I, I think with Nunes, I think we're gonna do agree with Jay. I think it's where you fit him in, in that system. I think if we're gonna go back to a false nine, I think Gapco, I think Gapco will play in the false nine. Because he's more suited to the game, he's more an, he's more of an intelligent footballer who'll drop deep, find space, and run at space, and he's comfortable doing that. I don't think he'll ever get Nunes dropping deep and playing like that. I don't think it's his game. But I think for what he brings as a substitute, I think he'll score goals. I think he'll score 20, 20 plus league goals next season because he is a good finisher. You look at some of the finishes that he, that he produced last season, you could say, well, you know, like, he, you know, when he doesn't have to think, he's got a brilliant goal against Real Madrid, the back heel. He scored a great goal by his quickness of thought against Fulham, you know, so, and against Arsenal. So, like, 
there is a player there. The, pro- the, the problem is finding where to get the best out of them. That's that I've now I feel I've, I've defended Nunes a little bit. Lavia is is a funny one. We've had this discussion, you and I, Les, haven't you? If uh, if they value him at 50, 50 million, and we don't value him at 50 million, and you can't you come to an impasse where they say, then I don't see as as I said to you the other day, I don't see the sense in going back and keep going, open the, that you're going to browbeat them until they, they, they drop. Do you know what I mean? If, if the day to, to be prepared to drop a little bit and then, yeah, then and, and give a, an indication that, that there's room to wiggle and they, they'll buy him, I, I think we should we should set our figure and then go for it. If we're going to pay the 50, if, if it's going to come down to it, it's looking very close to nearly 50 million we're going to have to pay for the many hours there. So I can't see them doing three bids and then looking to do a fourth bid, which is just going to be under 50 million. Do you know what I mean? If, they, if they're going to say, that's 50 million, we want 50 million and reject that, I think Liverpool should walk away then at that stage because they, they're not going to move. And it's obvious Liverpool don't want to pay the 50 million. We're just wasting We've wasted, we've wasted more or less two weeks, haven't we, trying to sign them? Six days in between the first and the second bid, and I think it's four days between the second and the third. So it's, it's, and it's still ongoing. So we need him in, don't we? If we're going to buy him, buy him. If if we don't think he's worth the value, then then walk away. Agree with both the lads about. I think it's more to do with our dealings with Southampton, with the way I think what happened with um, with um, Van Dijk, and I think they were they were badly pissed off by that. So I think I think that's where the the, the dealing. I think that's where the leaking stories. But I think we'll end up with them. But it's and I think we'll pay nearly the fifty million for them. Jay, what do you think, mate? Do you think this will this will get done, or do you think it'll come a point where Liverpool will just say, "Nah, enough's enough," and they'll go and and target somebody else? Well, look, you know what was the last offer? Forty-six million, allegedly. So, what's four million? I mean, I know four million is a lot of money to me and you, but the reality <laughs> is, four million pounds are like a football club. You know, we're not too far away, are we? And, I understand the reasons why we tried to get him at a certain price below 40 million, 42, whatever, because that's all we valued him at. But, you know, ultimately we've gone up anyway, haven't we? So if you, if you, if you do a deal where it's got loads of add ons, you know, like increments in it, then, you know, hopefully, like we'll do it where, like, it's super successful. So it triggers the payments then rather than appearances and what have you. Um, but the thing with Lavia, though, let's be brutally honest about it. You know, he's 19 years of age. He's had 25 Premier League games or whatever, played in a team that got relegated. Now, that's not his fault, by the way. I think he played quite well last season for Southampton at times. But I made a point at the back end of last season. I got wind of it around about March, April time, Liverpool were after Lavia. I made a point of it towards the end of last season to watch a lot of their games when they were in a relegation fight. So maybe seeing about five or six games the last 10 games. And I have to say, it didn't really impress me massively. But it's hard to judge them because they were a struggling side. But what you've got to think about, if he's a defensive midfield player, he's going to come under pressure because he's playing in a struggling team. 
I thought at times his passion was a little bit off, giving the ball away far too often. And like, if you remember back to the last game of the season when we drew four all there, he actually got an assist, didn't he, for Jota at the very start of the game. So, you know, look, he's a work in progress. And to me, he's a project. So Liverpool have just lost an experienced midfield player, Brazilian international in Fabinho, who, like, everyone was saying his legs were going and he was shocking last season. There's no doubt about that. Um, but other players could have played in that role, like Henderson, for argument's sake. Not ideal, but he's played there before, played in the FA Cup final against Chelsea, didn't he, in 2022. Um, we've lost two experienced players who can play that position. And now here we are, you know, haggling over a fee for like a 19-year-old kid with limited experience. It just, you know, the mind boggles, doesn't it? I think Liverpool needs someone more experienced, myself. And okay, Thiago can play that role, of course he can. He played there for Bayern Munich in the European Cup final against PSG. You know, we can do it. But it's not ideal because it's not his position. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think Liverpool needs someone more experienced, myself. Now I like Polinia from Fulham. But the problem you've got with Polinia is he's 28 and Fulham paid 20 million for him last year. He's got three or four years left on his contract and he wants something ridiculous like 60 or 70 million. Liverpool simply aren't going to pay that type of money for someone who's 28 years of age. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? But I think he'd be perfect for us. Um, other than that, I do quite like Casado and I know you like him as well, Les. We spoke about him time and time again, haven't we, on Twitter? Um, he's outstanding and the thing with Casado, he's 21. He can play as a right centre mid, he can play as a DM, and he can also cover the right back role. So him, him and Trent could dovetail, really. So for me, he'd be the dream signing. But the reality of it is, again, silly money. You know, Chelsea have had £80 million turned down. I think they want £90 million plus, which, let's be honest, I don't blame them, because Declan Rice went for £105 million to Arsenal. So, you know, that was a silly fee. Let's be honest, he wasn't worth that type of money. But, you know, Arteta got backed by the Arsenal board and fair play to them for doing it because they got they identified the position he needed and they went and backed the manager and they gave him the money for it. Unfortunately, FSG are not going to do that for Kayside or for Liverpool So I think it would be perfect for us. But as I say, in terms of Lavier, going back to him, I think he will be signed and I think we probably will pay a deal that's going to probably be 50 million with the add-ons, do you know what I mean? So it makes you think if we end up paying the 50 million anyway, why didn't we just do it two weeks ago? And some people are saying on Twitter, on social media and stuff, we wanted Lavia before we sold Fabinho and Henderson, so we need more than that. And I get it, but let's be brutally honest, if we had the money in place to sign Lavia four weeks ago when pre-season began, we would have signed him then, surely, because he would have been able to integrate into the squad and take part in the pre-season games and take part in the tour to Singapore. And he wasn't, so... To me, it's evident that we haven't really got the funds and we're only using the funds now of the Fabinho and Henderson sales. Do you think that could be, Jay, just to come back a little bit, do you think that could be the depending on, on the structure of the deal? So so it could be that, yeah, Liverpool have got money to facilitate transfers, but the sort of the cash flow, so to speak, that they've got, they're trying to use for down payments on more than one player, so, depending on what, say, Southampton and what, as, the, as, as say, the first payment, the upfront payments, could be causing the issue as well as maybe the, the way the add-ons are sort of calculated. Yeah, quite possibly, because, you know, when all of the stuff broke about Sobberslai and his, um, you know, his buyout clause of £60 million, 
no one in the right mind thought Liverpool would pay £60 million up front for anyone because we'd like to structure payments over the contract length of four or five years and what have you. Now, it remains to be seen whether or not Liverpool actually went to an outside company to get a loan to pay that £60 million. I mean, no one's really confirmed or denied it. Um, it wouldn't be a greatest surprise in the world if we did do that. Um, but like I say, regardless of anything else, it's all about the structure. So it depends on what Southampton wants. You know, maybe they want 50% of funds. I really don't know. I mean, they've also got that clause with Man City next summer, haven't they, where they can buy them back for £40 million. And they've got a sell-on of 20% of the deal. So someone said to me, the sweet spot really should be like £46.5 million, Because that means with the sell-on, the profit that... Because I think they spent £14 million or something on them. So with the sell-on, City will get six and a half million, and Southampton will get forty million back. Do you know what I mean? Um, but like I say, God only knows. I think we will sign them, but will we sign them this week? I don't know. I think it's pretty irrelevant anyway for the game on Sunday against Chelsea because even if he wants to sign tonight, there's no way he's going to play on Sunday anyway. So you know, at the end of the day, he's got to go through a medical and what have you, and he wouldn't have had time to integrate with the squad, no training session. So he's not going to play on Sunday anyway. If he signed tonight. So I think it's like a work in progress at the moment. And, you know, I think we will sign them. But when we sign, whether we sign them next week or whether we sign them on deadlines, eh, God only knows. Pete, we're also interested in Andre from mm. Fluminense. Easy. Now, they, they won in the Copa America last night, in the Copa Libertadores last night, sorry. Yeah, um, and I think yeah. it was a goal as well. Now, they've got another... I think it's the quarter final over two legs coming up over the next couple of weeks, which will be done and dusted before the the close of our transfer window. Do you think that could be one that if 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 they get knocked out at that competition that we will move late in the window to get him? Or do you think it's one that we may just revisit in January anyway? Or do you just think it's it's one of the games that that are played by teams? We'll link another. Uh, we'll get the the press to link another midfielder, and hopefully that it gets Southampton to lower the price. Yeah, I mean we've been linked with so many midfielders. You know, even the the Lavia and Andre situation. But you know, there's Teram Coney. Um, like Jay was saying, we've even been linked with a lad from Fulham as well. Um, I don't know. I think if anything, if Liverpool are strong on this Andre from Brazil with Fluminense. Um, it will drive the price up because they are in the next round of the Libertadores Cup. You know, if they'd have got knocked out last night, it might have been a different story. We might have been in a strong position to go in for them now. But as I say, we've been linked with that many midfielders pre-season. You just don't know. There could be something totally left field that happens overnight, and we're all looking at one another the next day. Where, where's that come from? And that's all Liverpool. I mean, I didn't know anything about Fabinho. And suddenly I got a text, I think, off yourself or someone saying that we'd agreed terms and I didn't know who he was from Adam, to be honest. I had to ask my lad because he said, oh, he's playing for Monaco and he's been at Real Madrid. He's a great player and that. So it might be something totally left field and all these names, Liverpool might enjoy all these names getting bandied about because somewhere in the background they're talking to other clubs and other players. Um, I mean, the Lavia one is so strong and the only thing... As I say, I've not seen him play enough and I can't comment how good or bad he is. I know I've had mates of mine who said they have seen him play in these run games in the past. But like Jay said, he did set up Joseph for our first goal. He just played a blind pass, didn't he, last season sort of thing. 
Um, but it's a lot of money, not not even just the money. Everyone knows we're crying out for a, a you know a new midfielder to play that number six, and for a 19-year-old kid to take that mantle off, it's got to be a lot of pressure on him. And then the other thing I've been talking with mates about is, well, if he wasn't good for City, is he going to be good enough for us? You know, remain City, let him go, albeit with a buyback clause. So I just think somewhere down the line in the next week or so, there's going to be something really left field that no one's even thought about. And suddenly, you know, we'll get someone in who, who, whose name hasn't been bandied about, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I sort of agree with what with what Jay said there. I can remember you tweeting um, around about March time to say that you did that Liverpool in for Lavia. And I watched him a couple of times. I watched him in the in the game against against Arsenal. And I thought my my first impression of him was that I thought he was really good on the ball. But then off the ball, I still thought he had a lot to learn for a for a number six. So, you know, I thought if he's going to come in at Liverpool, you know, you'd want him to come in sort of and learn the ropes with a more experienced number six. So, and I think this is, I think the problem is at the minute is that social media are sort of going off on one at the minute and, you know, and they're making out that Lavier is going to be this sort of game-changing signing, like, in the in the mould of a Virgil or an Allison, and in reality, you know he's a, he's a player who's who's got a very high ceiling. Who's still learning his trade, and you know we might not hit the ground running straight away. And those those on Twitter who are now you know tweeting every few minutes about for Liverpool to sign to sign Lavia, they'll be the first ones in a few months to be writing them off and be tweeting. You know this lad. This lad isn't good enough. Why the hell did we go out and pay fifty million for him? So you know the lad is going to be under pressure as well when he does sign because he's seen as 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 the six. He's got a big fee on his shoulders. So it's going to be interesting as well how he how he handles that. So it. it I mean, I like you. I imagine. I imagine that he that he will sort of come in and you know before the end of the window, let us say. But he needs to. They need. I, I think the sooner now they get this deal over the line, the sooner they can move on to to other areas. But it, it I, you know, what I'm feeling is it's not so much down to the fifty million, but how how the how the fifty million is structured in terms of the first payments, and then the instalments, and then what the add-ons bring. So it is going to be um, it is going to be an interesting sort of few days week until the window closes to see if they can bridge the gap and get it over the line. Tom, do you think that um, that Liverpool will go in for Andre or do you think it's a bit of a smokescreen to, to, to or it was a bit of a smokescreen to try and bring the, the fee down for Lavier? I think they'll go in for him, Les. I think he's only 24, 25 million, isn't he? I think is that, that for alone... For that type of player, South American player, it's. I think. I think. Funny enough, you you tweeted something a while back and said, "Isn't it amazing how how Brighton go for take a pot shot on South American young players? They mm. seem to bring them up, take them out, and then sell them on. But like, I think that's where Liverpool might start to go because, like what what the lads were saying before, I don't think Liverpool." Buckets full of money anymore, and I think the Saudi Arabians coming in and sort of 
as now but what Neville said the other day, it's 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 pushed up transfer prices. This is this is where we'll sort of be looking for in the future, I would imagine. We'll be looking for players at, at the lower end of the scale. So quality take a punt on quality players from South America at a low price. So I, I do expect him to come in. Latvia, what you were talking about before, is a strange one, isn't it? If Jürgen Klopp thinks he's good enough and, and he's he's able enough to come into Liverpool and they, they're still bidding for him at two or three bids, they must see this lad as something that they can work with and improve. And to be fair to Jürgen Klopp, he doesn't get many wrong, does he? Overall, if you look at his record in Dortmund, if you look at him overall generally, he he, said, he, he tends to do well with the players that he that he, that he likes. Uh, I did watch the game against Arsenal. I thought he played quite well against Arsenal. To be fair to him, I thought that was one of his, the better games I've seen him play. But it it it's again it's with with younger players. They're going to make mistakes. It's like Elliot. It's like they're not funny enough. What I was saying to you the other day, what we were talking about, Harvey Elliot. They're not born with game intelligence, aren't they? That's all. It. You you look at a professional footballer, and I've scouted. I've done. I've took young players through, and and you, you know the majority of these young kids are all roughly the same, and there's, there's a, a small percentage. That are the really special ones. So, so when you've got them, them type of kids, and you, you've got them to, you bring them through. When they come into a team, they play with freedom, and so they come into a team, and they play with freedom, and they're allowed to express themselves. And then, what what coaches start to do is start to take out the, a little bit of the freedom and give them responsibilities, like what you were talking about with Harvey Elliott. What you're saying now, instead of you just playing your natural game and going forward like you like to, you've got these defensive duties that you've got to be able to do. And I, I think that's the problem, isn't it? With young, when you're buying young players, you've, you've got to be patient with them. Do you know what I mean? And young players will give away the ball because they'll try things that older players, more experienced players will think, well, I'll play a percentage ball. I'll play the right ball, where a younger player will try and play the outrageous ball. So, I think Lafayette will turn out to be a really good player. I think if Klopp thinks he's worth it, but I also think Andre, he'll buy Andre because I think he sees that if that works, there's his midfield for the next ten to eight to ten years. One's twenty-two, isn't he? One's twenty-two and one's twenty. So, so, like, so Jay, um, what's your view on Andre? And what's your view of the what's going to happen between now and the end of the transfer window? Do you think that there'll be only one in? Do you think there'll be two in? Do you think there'll be two midfielders and a centre back? One midfielder, one centre back. What's your view, mate? Well, in terms of Andre, you know. It came from nowhere, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, not too sure whether there is much truth in it or whether it's a smokescreen or what have you. But what's evident is Liverpool do need to try and tap into that South American market because 
you look at like Brighton, for an example, absolutely outstanding. Some of the players that they've got from South America. Well, Liverpool tried it years ago. You know, do you remember Coletta and Leto and Insua? They were all absolute disasters, weren't they? All Argentine players, all absolute disasters. And we got Lucas Leiva was probably about the best of the lot, wasn't he? And you know, some people really liked Lucas. I thought he was an average player, nothing great, nothing special, great professional, but wasn't outstanding for me. Um, so Liverpool have dipped the, the toe, shall we say, in that type of water before. And it's not really paid off for us, has it? So I know that was a long time ago, what, probably 15 years ago now, wasn't it really? So, you know, maybe we've been scarred as a club from, from them experiences back in the day. But maybe it is now time to try and venture into that market again. And if he's 20 million, 25 million in this day and age, it's not a lot of money, is it? So he does seem like, I've done a little bit of research on him, he seems like a very combative midfield player, do you know what I mean? But he's not a proper defensive midfield player. He's actually quite good on the ball and stuff. So he probably would be a decent little signing, but it's a gamble because no one truly knows how these players are going to adapt, you know what I mean? It's just, it is potluck. Um, you know, when you play in Brazil and you play in Argentina, you normally have got some sort of good upbringing, haven't you, in terms of football and ability. But as, as I say, them couple of names before, you know, Scarred us a little bit because they were they were shockers, weren't they? Um, whether or not we get them, I don't know because there's all the talk about maybe we can't get them till January. I'm a little bit confused by like the goings on with the transfer market in Brazil and what have you. So I'm a little bit unsure on that, but I do think we will get Lavia. But in terms of getting any other players, we've spoke about this on Twitter a few times. Liverpool really need a centre back. We're absolutely desperate for one, in my opinion. You know, Virgil van Dijk was an absolute Rolls-Royce of a footballer for about three or four years. And he got that really bad injury against Everton in the Derby game. And he's come back and he's not quite the same player. I think he had he had quite a good season when we nearly went and won the quadruple. But I thought last year, at times, he got exposed a lot. Um, he's not certainly not what he was, but he's still a very good centre-back. Um, Canati, as we know, you know, a very good player. But well, he's got a little mistake in him, so he's still learning, still only quite young, so he's not the finished article yet. But I think it will come because he is very, very, very good. But other than that, the drop off for me is massive. Um, you look at Matip now, he's just turned 33. Thought there were signs last season that his legs were completely gone. I mean, he's never been blessed with pace anyway, but I just think like he's he's looking like he's a little bit finished now for me. You know, he's a, a bit ropey in my opinion. And if Liverpool got a bad injury to Canati or Virgil van Dijk, I tell you, he'll be struggling. If he's got to play three months of a matter, his body will break down anyway because he's injury prone anyway, isn't he? At the best of times. Um, and then we got Gomez. Now, Joe Gomez was outstanding 2019, 2020. You know, he was part of the defence that kept so many clean sheets with the partner and van Dijk, wasn't he? Um, suffered a couple of bad injuries, hasn't he, in his career? And I just. I think it's ruined them, to be honest. I don't really trust them at centre-back no more. I actually think he's better suited as a right-back now, Joe Gomez. Um, so if he's your fourth choice, we've got problems, do you know what I mean? And then the young lad, Kwanzaa, is new. Who, to me, I think he, every time I've seen him, he looks quite good, to be fair. He's got a future in the game. Whether or not he's quite good enough for Liverpool, I'm not sure. But, you know, he's only a young kid, isn't he, coming through? And, of course, we've still got Nat Phillips as well, who... I feel a bit sorry for Nat Phillips because he's probably not quite good enough for Liverpool, but he's never really ever let us down whenever he's being called upon, has he? Do you know what I mean? He's always done us a good turn. 
And I'm really shocked that no one's really come in for him. I mean, he went out on loan to Bournemouth, didn't he, a couple of seasons ago. And last summer, they offered, I think it was 8.5 million. Liverpool wanted 15. So we said no, kept him. Very rarely played for us last season. Um, obviously, he was available for sale this summer as well. I think Leeds showed a bit of an interest. Liverpool wanted 10 million. I think they only offered about 6 or 7 million. I, I just feel sorry for him because he, I think he's a good old-fashioned centre-half. Maybe not to the top level and not good enough for Liverpool, but he could definitely do a job for someone else, even lower league, lower end of the Premier League. No, not necessarily Championship, the way Leeds are now. I think he could do a job in the Premier League for someone. So I feel a bit sorry for him, but when you're looking at our options, they're not good enough. So if Van Dijk or Canati get a long-term injury, we're snookered. So I can't, you know, for the life of me, why we haven't gone out and got a centre-half. And I know there was all the talk, like, Colwell, we liked him, but he was never, ever going to leave Chelsea. They were always going to offer him a new deal. And they were asking silly money for a player who's got limited Premier League experience. I think he played 20-odd games for Brighton last season. You know, they're talking £70 million for him. You know, it's astronomical, isn't it? You know, I know with the English homegrown quota and all that palaver, but let's be brutally honest about it. He's limited in terms of experience. So, Liverpool are never going to pay silly money for him. Um, the lad who's just signed, the Croatian lad who's just signed for Man City, supposedly a Liverpool fan, but stand and talent, you know what I mean? But Liverpool were never going to get him. They paid, what, £78 million for him. They're in the Champions League, we're not in the Champions League, so we were never going to get him, do you know what I mean? So you're limited to the options around that Liverpool are going to go for, but honest to God, I, I just don't, like, Liverpool are struggling in that area for me. If we get an injury to Virgil or Canati, I think we're going to, we're in trouble. Basically, do you know what I mean? Because they're the two leaders at the back for me. And if one of them's out, then we've got major problems. Yeah. So just, just we're, we're coming just coming up to the hour. So just quickly, just go round you. Yeah. Start with you, Pete. How many players do you think will sign between now and the end of the transfer window? And what positions will they be? Um I'd probably say to with Lavia. Although it's not nailed on, it it must be ninety odd percent done, and I agree with Jay with the centre half. I mean, I I know we spoke in an earlier program. I like the lad at Ajax, Timber, who's actually gone to Arsenal, and I think he had a half decent game. I didn't see much of the game against City, but I think he had a half decent game. But sort of to back up what Jay said, you've you've got like Nat Phillips, who who is a a real old fashioned centre half, and I think where Nat gets caught out is. His pace or lack of pace, that's where they'll get caught out on the deck. Um, so if we do bring a centre back in, I think, or, or a defender, it's got to be someone who's who's ready now. And like he said about Quanser, he had a good pre-season, but he, he's a kid, you know, he's a bit like when Nat Phillips had to come in and, and, and Reese Williams and they did sterling jobs for us, but they're not going to be there playing every game if, if need be, you know. So I would think a, a defender and uh, a midfielder, I think two by the end of the window. Tom, what do you think? Same, same, Les. I think Lavier will come in desperate for the centre-back. I'm barely, well, what we've seen, you're one injury away from, from, a, from a disaster early on you two, like Canate or, or Van Dijk. And, uh, the, well, we are limited. You watch Matip and Gomez put together in the in the in the preseason friendlies, and they're all over the place. So that wouldn't fill you full of confidence. But I think we, we're desperate for a centre back. Whether they've got the money, 
we everyone's saying that they've got the money to spend on on, on the two. So, well, I think the transfer window will tell us that whether whether we have or we haven't. But I think we're desperate for the two. Yeah, do you reckon we'll bring in one, two, or three between now and the end of the transfer window? To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, I, I just think we're, we're struggling as it is to get Lavier, aren't we? Really financially, so I, I just simply can't see it. Do you know what I mean? Um, we're desperate for the centre back, but I just wouldn't really back us to get one. I really, you know, you look at some of the journalists have come out, haven't they, and actually said. You know, Klopp said he wants a couple more players. He wants a defensive midfielder. He wants a centre back. Well, hands on heart, I just can't see the shine in the centre back. Um, I think we'll get Lavia, and I think that might be it. To be honest, and people will be disappointed with that, and I will be myself. But um, the way I'm looking at it is now, if we get Lavia, then that's great. But if we get another one on top of them, that's a bonus. I uh, I think we'll bring in two. I think one looks like it will be Lavia. The other one, I would. Although I think I totally agree with everything you said, and I think it should be a centre back. I think they'll probably bring in two midfielders, um, and if they can get a centre back, that will be the bonus. But it will be interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the window, and then once the window shuts, then that's when people will then be able to to give the definitive answer about the ambition of FSG, Avdi back Klopp, and what our chances are for the season. And as I say, I'm prepared to keep my powder dry on my views until that happens. So, fingers crossed that the required players do come in between now and the end of the window. We all get a nice surprise and come, you know, the, you know we get up on the 2nd of September when the window's shut. We're filled with fresh optimism for the rest of the season. Now, just before we go, your predictions for Sunday. I'll start with you, Tom. I fancy Liverpool. I don't fancy Liverpool to come away with something. I think you. I think you might end up with a draw. I think. Okay, Jay. You know what, right? The, the last couple of games against Chelsea. If you if you look back to last season, both games were nil nil. Even go back to the two cup finals we had against them. The Carabao Cup was nil nil. Went to a penalty shootout. The FA Cup final was nil nil. Went to a penalty shootout. But I just think this time. You, you look at the two teams and you think it's got to have loads of goals because they've got issues, we've got issues. I mean, someone pointed out to me, like everyone goes on about like Liverpool's midfield problems and no defensive midfield there. You look at Chelsea, apart from Enzo Fernandez, they've got no midfield themselves. Do you know what I mean? They've got like like Conor Gallagher, uh, Chuka whatever his name is, from Aston Villa. They're, they're young kids, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Um you know, they've lost Kante, they've lost Jorginho, they've lost um, Kovacic, who used to always play well against Liverpool. So as much as like I'm fearful of like, you know, obviously getting put under pressure because we've got no defensive midfield player properly and defence is gonna be so open, I think Liverpool can cause them a lot of problems as well. Do you know what I mean? So we touched on it before, didn't we, about Liverpool this season. We're gonna score loads of goals. But I think we're probably gonna concede a lot of goals as well until we sign a defensive midfielder and a centre-back and what have you. Um, so on Sunday, I can just see goals. I mean, it's a bonus that the, the young lad designed from Leipzig and Kunku, he's got a knee injury. So he's going to be out for a couple of months. So that's a blow to them and obviously a bonus for Liverpool. Um, but they've got a, a lad up front, haven't they? Um, Martinez or someone. What's his name? Jackson. Jackson. 
Yeah, some from they got him from Villarreal, didn't they? Yeah, Jackson, he's, yeah. He's looked quite lively in uh, pre-season. Uh, whether or not he'll start, I'm not sure. Uh, obviously, Raheem Sterling as well, an old boy. He always tends to do well against Liverpool. He did when he was at City anyway. So I think they're still going to cause problems. And I can just see goals, plenty of goals. So I, I think it could be like 3-2 either way. But um, I'm going to get splinters and sit on the fence and go for a 3-3 goal bonanza. <laughs> Yeah. So two two splinters so far, Pete. Are you gonna go for the full set? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for the red spin as I always will. I hate predicting the scores, but I'll go for my favourite three one. And I think we might rely on Alison pulling a couple of worldies off, but I think like Jay said, there's goals in it. And if our lads can stick them away at one end, I'm just out in the defence on the metal on, on Sunday. So I'm gonna go for me three one and hope that comes in. Yeah, well, the last six games we've seen Liverpool and Chelsea, I think, have all ended in draws. Um, 1-1, I think it was at Anfield, wasn't it? The start of the season before last. Then it was 2-2 in the return game where we were 2-0 up. And then, as, as Jay said, you know, there, was the, there was the draws in the, in the Cups and, you know, and, and two draws in the league last year. So I, I'm going to stick with peace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a Reds win and I'm going to go 3-2 because... You know, as, as we've all said, you know, we haven't got a DM. We, we've been a bit open at the back, but we've we've looked really, really good going forward. So I'm thinking of, you know, there will be goals. I just think, hope that, that we come on top of a of a five-goal thriller and uh, that come, come Sunday night, Twitter will be a happy place and not a, <laughs> and not a place to avoid. So, it's never happy, Wes. Never <laughs> That's true. They'll be happy as soon as Liverpool sign somebody, and then hey, as soon missed, as the novelty's worn off, you know, we missed out on Ross Barkley. We could have got a midfielder in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he, yeah. So, so yeah. So they'll be happy when we sign a player, and once the novelty's worn off, they're worth the, They're looking for the next one. So anyway, <laughs> let's hope for a good end to the transfer window, a good result on Sunday, and optimism for the season. And on that note. We'll end the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. Once again, thanks to my partners in crime, Tom and Pete, and our special guest, Jay Riley. And as I always say to end the podcast, you'll never walk alone. Justice for the 97 and don't ever buy the sun. Until next time, goodbye.